the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. A Crystal Palace victory is the subject of discussion for tonight. And to enjoy that, I am joined by my brother as always, Luke. Hi, Matthew. How you doing? Very good, Luke. How are you? Yes. Looking forward to this one, mate. Looking lovely over the wonders of Zoom, as always. <laughs> also looking lovely is Kevin. Thanks, Matt. You're good to me, mate. I am looking pretty good for an old boy. I really am looking quite sexy. If I was a bird, I'd sort myself right out. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. What an introduction. What an introduction. <laughs> if you would like to check out Kevin, please do let us know. We'll send pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Three million women can't be wrong. What can I tell you? (laughs) (laughs) Crystal Palace is 2-1 victory away at Fulham, Craven Cottage. Uh, A a quite strange-looking Craven Cottage from the television pictures we saw with uh, with sort of one of the stands, pretty non-existent as they redeveloped. But Palace didn't care about that. They turned up, took three points. Um, A big difference to last week in terms of uh, the reaction to the game. Um, You know, we we drew last week, uh, obviously, against Brighton. Um, felt like a bit of a, a kick because um, of the lateness of the, of the equaliser. But also there were, uh, was, was also a fair reaction about the performance. This week, a very different performance. Um, question I've got to, to you both to start us off. And Kev, I'm going to look to you. Uh, Zahar was on a fire this week. He was not last week. Was he the only difference in that? Um, do, do you know, Matt, I, I obviously only saw the highlights, unfortunately, because I wasn't prepared to pay the £15. Uh, but from what I could see on the highlights, he was outstanding. But again, I think when Zahar's on fire, the, the, the team are. I mean, again, great to see Riedeveld get his goal, uh, first one. And from what I saw from the match of the day stats, I think since, uh, you know, 10 shots from Palace on, on, on goal, which is one of their highest returns in a couple of years. So, you know, I think, I think we've talked about it previously when Wilf's in the mood. He's in, he, you know, he's impossible to live with. So I can't comment enough on on everyone else, but I, I got the feeling, listening to it on Sky Sports, it was a, a pretty comprehensive win. And I think the only disappointment, and I think that was seen by the goalkeeper's face, was when they scored an absolute world in the 95th mm. minute. If we'd, I think Roy said, if it had been a 2 0, that would have been, you know, the perfect day for us, really. So uh, it looked very good from what I saw and from what I've heard. Yeah, just, just touching on that Tom Kearney goal, because Matthew, I was going to say, when we went to the uh, last game of the season, the season they got relegated, the first season we got back up in the Premier League, 2013-14, Wayne Hennessy started in goal, I remember that. Um, Dwight Gale scored a free kick, and then I think it was Tom Kearney scored right at the end, wasn't it? Um, I think it was him anyway, I might, I might be wrong, but it was, it was, it was a, similar, a similar tough goal. Def- yeah. Definitely a goal from distance, yeah. But, but you might want to check not... that, Luke, because he's quite a young lad, Tom Kearney, so... Unless he was playing when he was about 14, it might be someone else, but we can always check that later. I'm going to Google that, mate. You, 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 you can Google, Google it you, for me now. If, you want. If, I could, if someone can show me how to use Google, I'll find out. But uh, you, you can Google that one out. <laughs> but going back, going back to this, this weekend, um, well, this weekend just gone, so we're getting Nature Mason doing these pods, aren't we? Um, but uh, I think, yeah, it was, a, it was a difference in reaction, but also a difference in the opposition, I think, as has to be said. Um, Brighton are a much better team than Fulham. Not, not to take away from Palace's performance, because attacking-wise, you know, Kev said there, Wilf Zahar was, was on point, wasn't he? He was, he was red hot and really, really fired up. And you had players like Jaira Riederworld, who was able to push forward. And I think having Luka Milivojevic sit behind him maybe gave him a little more, more attacking 
prowess and allowed him to sort of go forward and express himself a bit more. Where he popped into the box for a lovely little no look pass from Wilf and uh, was it an early goal, wasn't it? Was it eight or twelve? Yeah, minutes, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think we started well, didn't we? Certainly started on the front foot. And um, although Fulham did hit the post twice in the first 20, 25 minutes, remember rightly. Um, apart from that, they didn't really have much um, in terms of uh, in terms of efforts on, on on goal. And I think Palace looked relatively comfortable, despite as usual not having the majority of the ball. Um, and, and yeah, you know, it was a it was a very nice worked goal, wasn't it? After mm. some nice uh, play from Wilf, certainly very progressive, attacking his um, in the right back uh, and getting a shot away, and the keeper sort of pushing it away, but back to back to Palace, and and sort of they picked up the move from there, and, and like you said, a lovely through ball um, through to Gyro, who was in in the box, um, you know, strangely, and, and and did his business and and put the ball away, and I think mm. probably we we deserved the lead and and, and pushed on from there. There's something just just on that point because it was quite interesting because I think the first five minutes or so Fulham came at us out out the blocks as, as you expect them to do as a home team, and Palace sort of absorbed a bit of that pressure, and then I think the ball over the, the one you just mentioned, Matthew, was went over to Wilf that was a, a safe and the key was actually a Luca Long ball. So, you know, I don't know if, if tactically, you know, there was a lot of discussion last week about us being you know sitting back a bit more and things like that, but. It just goes to show that sometimes when you can sit back, you can absorb that pressure, make a bit of space in, and Luca pings that ball over. You no, know, Will goes goes ahead, and you know without that that passage of play, we don't go one up. So I think maybe Roy and, and the way the Palace were tactically set up deserves a bit of a thought. Sir. But I think that that is important to note because often the critique of Roy is he's got sort of one team on one game plan. But I actually think that the weekend's game showed that he can use players at his disposal. Some of them were obviously forced upon him, some of the injuries and the like. But actually, you know, those who came in did a good job. You know, Scott Dan mentions got to go to him. You know, that bloke doesn't play for six months and he comes in and he's solid as anything. You know, he, he's, he's a top notch, top notch backup centre back player. So we're very, very lucky in that respect. Um, I, I also thought Schluffy had another good game. You know, he got, got forward at the right times, linked play up well. Um, he's another sort of progressive player that gets us up the pitch, isn't he? Um, yeah. And again, for me, it also got, got to give a shout out to, to Mitchell because I thought he, again, had another great game, just another progressive game for him. How nice was it to see him also be able to switch from, from left back to right back as well, you know, when PBA came on to get some minutes at the end there? It's nice to be able to have those options across the back now, isn't it? And, and things like that, that, that sort of flexibility within the team. And he, yeah, he, yeah, he's just sort of growing game by game. And, you know, Palace fans, we love a, a kid to come through the academy and do well. And he's, mm. he's really doing, well, he, yeah. he's really impressing this season, isn't he, Kev? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think we talked about it after last week. I liked that he was fiery in the Brighton mm. game. You know, he understands what's required, you know, and... You know, we were very lucky when we had Wan Bissaka, and he's coming through and doing a, a very similar job, really. And um, you know, it's great to see these younger lads get their opportunity. And uh, you know, I, I was thinking about it on Saturday. Obviously, we were only—I think we were the only three o'clock on Saturday when there had been a game before us. But when we finished, we had ten points, and it just made me think. I know it's easy to say, but you know, if we'd if we'd held on and got that win against Brighton. Mm-hmm. We would have had 12 points and we would have been second in the league going into some of the teams playing on Saturday night. And, you know, by all accounts, the Man United-Chelsea game was a bit of a bore draw, you know. And, and all of a sudden, you know, and, I, and again, I think you, you alluded to it before we got on the pod, Luke. There was hysteria last week and then it's almost, you know, look how great we are this week. And, it, and I, I just think it's really exciting. I know we might come on to it later. You know, most teams, I think Tottenham and that are playing now, but most teams have played six games now this this season. 
you know, and it's and it's there for the taking. Everyone's beating everyone. It's really quite exciting because there is no stand outside and anyone can beat anyone on their day. And it and that that makes for exciting football. And I'm 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 loving it, you know, and there's I don't fear any team this year, which might sound a bit strange and that, you know, but when you've got 25% of the points we already need after six games, I'll take that, you know. You know, we we always look at 40 points. Well, we're 30 points off 40 already. That's not a bad place to be this early on in the season when some teams have only got one point. That's yeah. a huge Listen. gap already. Huge gap. And let's not forget, let's not forget also, Kev, that Palace are historically in the Premier League times slow starters. Yeah. We tend to always be picking up the pace in the second half of the season. Now, last year, obviously, that was the exception to the to the rule in that respect. And hopefully that has changed to see. However, and said that totally we have a sec, uh, second half of the season or into the season like we did last year. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's, like you say, it's good to have points on the board. Um, largely solid performances. You know, we've had some difficult teams in there as well. You know, we mm-hmm. haven't had it easy by, by no means yet. But I think the foundations certainly are there. You know, there's there's strength in every place now. There's there's depth, yeah, you know. Absolutely. You know, like I said, at the centre-backs, you know, it's ridiculous the strength we've got centre-backs. Um, you know, left-back, um, we, we've got the strength there now with PVA Mitchell. Now, having Klein come back in, you've got Klein and Ward battling for the right-back place as well, right? So, across yeah. the back, the goalkeeper, obviously they brought another top-class goalkeeper in Butland yeah. in. Um, so, there's this competition or back-up there. Uh, midfield, across the full spec there. I mean, Eze can't get the team at the minute. We'll touch on that mm-hmm. in a minute. But, you know, he can't get in the side. Um, and then up front, again, we've got options, you know, with Batshuayi on loan as well. So it's, it's it's positive in that sense. I think it is important to try and remain calm and composed. <laughs> Having yeah, said that, true. last week was disappointing and we do need to take stock and realise that. And, and I felt they learned from that. And I thought Roy is sort of calling out Wilfred, uh, you know, in public saying, you know, he needs to deliver more was, was very fair and some may say very clever. Kevin, you and I were talking about this before you joined Matthew. I think it was uh, a case of Roy was asked about this you know, after the game, you know, do you think that you your, your words about about Wilf after the game last week had any effect in him. And Roy simply said, you know, it's it's very difficult for me to not be in a situation where I'm seen as talking about the player because I'm constantly asked about him. So to be fair, if Wilfred Zaha wants to be, you know, a top, top player and, and play for, you know, one of the top six teams in, in, in the Premier League, then he needs to be turned it on like that week in, week out. So it's good for us, isn't it? Matthew, I just wanted to touch a bit on the point that you talked about Scott Down earlier. An absolutely fantastic block, um, well, or, or more bit of pressure for him, wasn't it? I mean, you mentioned one of the Lookman strikes that came out to Mitrovic and had Scott Dan not been absolutely throwing himself in, into that challenge, Mitrovic probably would have tapped that in and then it's 1-1 very early in the game and, and the game's got a very different complexion. But we mentioned Jara Reader World earlier and, and how good it's, how, how nice it is to see him going forward. I, I, forgive me, I can't remember if we mentioned this in previous weeks, but a lot of credit's got to go to him in the sense that you think about his Palace career, he came in under Frank De Boer. Imagine being a player that a manager brings in and then he's gone within four games and you're sort of thinking, oh, hang on. And then he's sort of been a bit of a bit part player, isn't he? And now, you know, he had a good pre-season. He's start, you know, finally started to show something and, you know, it looks he looks like a very good player, doesn't he, Kim? Yeah, I mean, in fairness, Luke, that was what I touched upon last week when we did the pod. I know you've got Alzheimer's, so you mostly can't remember what we I talked about beers, last man. Saturday night. Jesus Christ. I'm meant to be the old one, not you. Um, <laughs> and I, I did say, you may recall, I said last week, I thought the character he'd shown, because to have come in, you know, a lot of people would have cut and run because it's taken him mostly a few years to establish himself. But I thought, you know, I thought he looked fantastic against Brighton. And by all accounts, he was very good yesterday. Um 
uh, sorry, uh, Saturday, not yesterday. Um, just, just quickly, just on Scott, Dan, and Wilf. Just two quick things. Wilf Zahar, as I understand uh, from what they said on Saturday night, he's got five goals already this season. Now, I must admit, I've not looked at the stats, but he won't be too far off top scorer in the Premier League at the moment. I'm, I'm not. I appreciate someone. I think Ollie Watkins might have got a hat trick when they scored seven against Liverpool. Did I just say that? I think I did. Ollie Watkins got three <laughs> when they scored seven against Liverpool. I'm not drunk, honestly. I think he did get three, but. You know, Wilf scored in three or four different games now, which is good. I think that's good that he's consistent, he's scoring goals, and that's positive. I can't read that, Luke. My eyesight, you know, I've got no chance of reading that, son. Um, but the other one I was just going to say about Scott Dan, I think, as you said, model professional, you know, throws his body on the line week in, week out, when selected, never lets us down. And you've only got to go back a few years ago. And again, I know you might think he's been drinking on a Monday night. I haven't. He was very close to getting selected to getting a call up to England. And then he, he dropped a clanger on a midweek game and then it and then it went away. All the noise went away and he never got that chance and then he got injured. But he was Aston he, Villa, I remember. Was Kev, yeah, Aston Villa, Christian Benteke, he picked his pocket, didn't he? Yeah, I He did. That. We were there, weren't we? We were there when he picked his pocket and went up there and Benteke ran from the halfway line and, and scored an absolute beauty. Uh, wonderful goal from Christian Benteke. But you're right. And that that they, that that week. I think the England squad were being selected or it was round about that weekend. Southgate was there, I think. I think and there yeah. was talk of him coming in. And the point I'm trying to make is he's been a fantastic, I think it was a fantastic part, I think, at Blackburn before us. And he's been, he has never let Crystal Palace down ever. And, and I think, you know, it sums up everything that we love in a player, you know, because right, he will Kim. throw his body on the line. Yeah. There's a bunch of them, aren't there, who have just been absolutely solid signings. So him, I'd say James MacArthur as well. What they paid yeah. for him, £6 million or something. You know, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 200 plus games now, yeah. Yeah, you go back to like, so like Joel Ward, obviously it was £400,000. You know, he's still doing the business. Yeah. You know, people like Schlupp. I mean, at the time, yeah, I remember thinking, what the, what the hell the Palace doing playing £13 million for Jeffy Schlupp? But goodness me, he's worth every penny in, in, in the context yeah. of things. So, yeah, there's some really, really good, shrewd signings in there. Some, some ones that haven't been so good, maybe like the Sacco's and maybe, maybe the Benteke's. But even then, you know, you said the first season and a half or so. 16 was, goals, right? First season. It was top-notch, yeah. You know, with wingers, with Pardew and, and, and that set-up. So, yeah, yeah, you know, Palace haven't got too many catastrophes. What they have got is solid professionals. And that has yeah. that's still something into the recruitment criteria they have. Yeah, and what I'll just add very quickly there, Matt, on, on Jeff Slup, and, and Luke made a real good point last week in the Brighton game. He chased someone back, made a wonderful challenge and smashed him out of the park with a wonderful challenge. I think what he can bring to Mitchell and some of those, people forget Jeff Slup's won a league championship. He won the premiership in 2016 with Leicester. The guy's got know-how. And, you know, when you look around, there won't be many players who can say, yeah, I've won the Premier League who aren't playing in the mm. big six club. So to have that experience and him around and what he can bring to the squad as well, you, you can't put a price on that. You know, Nathaniel Klein, having been at, um, you know, Liverpool and various places, you know, these these play players have been at big big play places and they've done a good job. And I, I think, you know, I, I think we're in a very, very good place, a very buoyant place at the moment. And just as well, we got Klein in really, isn't it? Because I think from my understanding is that he was, wasn't, wasn't completely fit. I mean, hence why he came off, I think, what was it, 20 minutes to go or 15 minutes to go or something like that. But he even said in his interview when he joined, you know, he, he understands he had to play a couple of under-23 games and then Joel Ward feels he's 
calf, I think it was on on Thursday in training, and then you know he's he's got the ability to to step in there, and and so mm. Palace's depth in squad squad depth there is that it, it sort of prohibits Joel Ward playing on with a knock and potentially getting more injured, and you can just arrest him for a week, and you've got someone like Nathaniel Klein. Okay, you know there was a lot of supportive comments from Ray Lewington as always, um coming go, going to Nathaniel Klein, but I thought he did he did reasonably well in his first game back. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we've got well, lots of um, solidity in, in various places on the pitch and it's a really good place to be. Um, so, so Palace, go back, to the, back to the game itself, obviously we, we said we started well. Um, probably probably were the better team throughout the first half, we agree, chaps? I, I'd, I'd say, I mean, obviously possession doesn't go in Palace's favour, but it's, again, it's what you do with the ball that counts, the fact that, what, Kev, you said we had 10 shots, I think Fulham had three on target throughout the whole game. Yeah. I, I yeah. was never really worried if I'm honest, apart from Lookman, Fulham, I think, are going to struggle. You know, they've got a few good, decent players. Lookman's a good player. Mitrovic, when, when he gets the, the ball into him, um, Kamara, I think, when he's not getting sent off for stamping on Eze's Achilles. Um, they've got some good players, but I'm not sure about a, a cohesive team unit. But yeah, Palace, I think, were, were reasonably, well, very happy, obviously, to be going in one new up, given the fact that Fulham spanked the, spanked the post twice. Yeah, I think the thing. I think the thing I would say, and and sorry, Matt. Obviously, as I said, I only saw the highlights, so you'll appreciate you, you're not you're not really getting a lot from it. But obviously, Palace looked fairly comfortable. I think what I quite liked is Scott Parker's interview afterwards. And and again, I, I quite like Scott Parker. You know, Fulham have come to the party quite late, obviously, with the way the playoffs were when they come through. So it's always going to be a learning curve. But as he said, you know, they only put one shot in against Palace from outside the box. And he said, you know what you're going to get when you play a Crystal Palace side. They're going to be well organised. I think he called it the block. He said it's very hard to break that block down because they're so disciplined. So I think he was frustrated with it. But but again, you know, he, he, I think he mentioned, you know, almost, you know, we're, this is our eighth season in the Premier League. You know, we are a well-established Premier League side who know what needs to be done to get a result. So I think for me, as soon as I saw the second goal go in, I think it was 64 minutes when Wilf slid in. My biggest worry was when I saw a match of the day, obviously his knee, if he had jarred his knee. But, you know, at 2-0, I didn't feel I felt quite comfortable. And I think, you know, even the commentary was we might push on and get another one. And I think we had one disallowed, did we? Or I think from what I said, though, I, may, I might have made that up. Yeah, I think I had one disallowed. I, th- I think when they pulled it back to 2-1, I'd be lying. Even though it was a 95th minute, I was a bit edgy for about a minute. So I'm thinking, oh, come on, don't throw this away. Um, but but I think by all accounts, you know, very accomplished performance, really. Uh, and that, and that yeah. sets you up well for the for the Wolves game, particularly as Wolves conceded late yesterday against Newcastle. Um, so, you know, everyone can beat everyone, as I said earlier. Sorry, guys. That, that second goal, Kev, um, was quite reminiscent of the... Uh, if you remember the QPR home game, the season they got relegated, Matt Phillips mm. scored a blinder, didn't he, and Sproni. Wilfred yeah. Haas scored a, a quite a similar goal in the sense that I think it was Joel Ward who drove it across the box and yes. Richie Batshuayi did really well to sort of to get the ball and then run it to the byline and put it into the, the PMO, as they call it, the position of maximum opportunity. And Wilfred Haas there uh, at the back post and sliding into the, uh, sliding into the back post. Um, I think given the player's reaction, you knew that it wasn't too bad, thankfully. Yeah, Just yeah. a bit of a knock for him. But, um, but yeah, it was uh, quite funny how similar that goal was, wasn't it, Matthew? I, do you know what? I actually I was disappointed in the first half with Wolf's header. There was a ball played into the box. Mm. I think it was Townsend from the right hand side, and there was a header he had. I think they showed it the highlights actually, Kev. Yeah, they did. Um, they did. Yeah. yeah, 
that that was a real opportunity. I thought, oh, you know, here we go. He's going to miss his chance and that, and then we're going to sort of get punished for it. But yeah, luckily, like you say, that we came out and kept the pressure up. And Batshuayi was also um, another deciding factor in the in the pressure that we did and making it count. And I, you know, we weren't, like we said, we weren't sort of on the ball and, and um, you know, dominating possession. But what we did do, I thought really well, was we took our chance on the break. So, you know, when there was a chance to break, we did it and we did it well. We we, we break yeah. so quickly. It's, it's, it's really must be a really dangerous team to play against in terms of solid at the back and then really dangerous on the break, Luke. Mm. You mentioned Batshuayi. I, I had a question for you boys, actually. Okay, maybe I'll start with you first. I mean, how do you think he's best being played? Because I'm not sure that, you know, obviously it's early days in the season. I'm not sure we're making the most of him at the moment. Because he's not the sort of player that will sort of hold up the ball. He's not an AU. He, he, he can do the similar sort of maybe winning your fouls, but... I, I wonder about who he needs to be paired with. I, I, I kind of get the feeling he needs to be paired with some a bit of muscle because then he cannot sort of feed off the yeah. scraps a little bit and, and maybe do the fancy work or someone else holds the ball up. So maybe yeah. AU and Batshuayi might be quite interesting to see up front. Well, I, I'd, I'd like to see him with Ben Teke for a little while, to be honest with you, because I think, as you say, a big man who can hold it up and play him in. Because I, to me, and, and again, I... I bow to your superior knowledge, chaps. I think him and uh, Ayu are fairly similar players, although Ayu works really hard. I don't think Wilf necessarily as a as that front man necessarily works. I like to see Wilf come in from the wide, and I think he's happier for me when he's doing that. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just like the fact I we didn't see a lot of. That's why last week against uh, Brighton, apart from that outstanding strike, I don't think we we made the most of him. Apart from that, um, he's I, I like the fact he seems hungry. I thought that was a clever ball across. They seem to gel quite well, all of them, and and the fact that he's scoring goals for Belgium as well, I think is really important because he knows the importance of ticking over, and he knows that he needs to net every mostly every other game yeah. to to keep his position. And you know, I think I think you'd. You both mentioned it previously. I think he scored seven in 12 when he was here last time. He's going to want that one in two strike rate playing for Palace because he's going to need that if he wants to get in the starting lineup for Belgium, which he does. So I, I think yeah. every, everything's aligned quite nicely for us. It, it doesn't necessarily answer who he plays with from my point of view. Um, I think, you know, as you both alluded to a minute ago, we've got strength in depth and we can mix and that. And I quite like that. And I, d- I don't get the feeling at the moment anyone sitting there like a big time Charlie thinking, oh, I should be playing. I should be doing that. I think they realise that they've got a squad rotate. You come in, you do your job, you move out, you do your job and go from there. And, and that's what we're going to need this season. And, you know, sorry, mate, that's not really answered your question. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think possibly I'd like to see him with Benteke a little bit. Yeah, with you, Kev. I mean, I think I said last week that I, on the pod that I'm I prefer Wilf on the wing. Yeah. Um, I understand that he's now a striker, but I I, I personally think you know him on the wing, tearing at a, a left or right back, I think is a is a fantastic um, appetite appetizing uh, outlook on things. And I think you know having them he, him have the ability to go out and get the balls in the box to likes of that shy and you know are you and or Benteke will be. Uh, really good partnership and that, like, look, like you said Kev no one's got a place right and, and back in the days where you had like Shearer and Sutton was your two two that played and that was it you know you don't have that anymore you know have have more of a dynamic whereby you know might mix the formation up slightly or Matt, can I just ask play. just quickly when did they play for us <laughs> do you know what Kev I'm, I'm harking back to the days most by um, football, football magazines and I remember there was a big thing about SAS Shearer yeah. and Sutton 
just quickly, you remember Shearer scoring his two goals on his debut for Blackburn oh, at Southurst. Two that, wonderful that, goals. That 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 three three. Uh, that was he scored two amazing goals that day at Sellers Park. Unbelievable goals. Sorry, three point three million. I think they paid for him. Crazy money. Who, who scored? There was a there was a goal. Was it Simon Osborne scored? It was a Gareth Southgate in that game Southgate. as well. Was I it think Southgate it's Southgate. Oh, yeah, mate, that was a that was a finish and a half. That was a volley, wasn't it? A South, big, it was. big up the governor. Yeah. Big up the governor, right? And, and Gareth, if you're listening, all right, you really should be listening because this pod is, is good. Is and he trust is. me, Gareth, listen, when you're fed up with that English stuff, give us a shout because we reckon we could get a word with the bosses and you could be in. Um, is- yeah, so, so yeah, Gareth Southgate on the pod. Uh, you never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. We, we can but try. We can but try. Let, let's talk a bit about the reaction to the game because match of the day were very, very complimentary at Palace and, you know, rightfully so. We've tempered it in terms of the opposition. If we played like that against Brighton, would there have been a different reaction to the game? Would there be a different outcome to the game as well? Oh, that's a good one. Luke, over to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, think, I think it's difficult because I don't ever see Brighton play in the way that Fulham... To, to, to give Palace that much room um, it, it harks back to what you said before you know around the fact they're two different teams and, and Brighton probably got a bit more nous and a bit more sort of Premier League experience than, than, than Fulham look obviously if you um, had more attacking impetus in last week's uh, the game against Brighton um, then people are going to be happier um, and we certainly showed that against Fulham but I, I, I can't say I mean, I'm probably in the very, very small minority that weren't completely, well, we've spoken to the we weren't completely upset about the performance. It was disappointing to an extent, but I thought we held Brighton off pretty well. But yeah, it's reactionary stuff is, like we spoke about last week, it's, it's everyone's got access to this now and there's a lot of people watching the games and commenting on it more than ever now. Um, so surely that itself is going gonna, is gonna to cause this, this reaction, is it not? But possibly, I mean, I mean, I think what what was good was that whether it was because it was forced or not, but there were changes, and I think that was a positive thing. You know, the, the outcome of the Brighton game wasn't the right one. Uh, the performance was 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 lacking somewhat. Um, I mean, like I think Kev, you said earlier, as you said it, you know, Brighton are a far better team than what we played on the weekend by far. Um, you know, I think Fulham are going to struggle. I really do. I think they're they're going to struggle to get the bottom three. For most of the season, um, it's probably kind of hard to buy me that one. Um, but you know, based on based on what they've got and um, how they play, they were just a bit toothless, really. Whereas Brighton weren't like that, so the opposition was very, very different, and that context is really important. I think yeah. there's, there's a lot, lot, lot more riding on a derby game, obviously, and and how that impacts the players, and whether it's kind of you know taken in a stress reaction and, and therefore not a positive one, or if. You know, it gets you up and, and up, up and at them a bit more. Um, I think we saw different levels of that yesterday. It was probably uh, yesterday, sorry, last last week against Brighton. Um, I think what we did see um, yesterday was, um, oh, I'm doing it again, against Fulham mm-hmm. was a, a much more rounded Palace performance and one where, to a man, they seemed to be on their game. Um, and I was certainly heartened by that. I think I'm going to go back to it at the start. My opening sort of question to you guys was, was Wilf the difference in that? I think we'll take Wilf to heart that Palace team yesterday against Fulham. It's a very okay performance. Not yesterday. <laughs> it's a very okay performance. I think. Um, do and, and do we get the result we got 
maybe, maybe not. But I think you know that that was the difference to me. Wilf, Wilf on his game was was the difference. I don't yeah. know about you boys, but I, I sort of feel like maybe it's because there's no 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 fans in the stadium. But this almost almost feels a bit pre seasony still to me. It doesn't feel like the season started. I don't. I, I, maybe that's just a, a visual thing because where you've got players like Luca, I think he started his first game apart um, apart from the cup game, you know, in the Premier League this season. That's our captain. He's, he's only just come back. Into, it, it, it all feels very sort of fresh off the summer still, doesn't it? And yet here we are, mm. six games in and, and, and 10 points to the good. But um, yeah. sorry, I took a bit of a tangent there, Kev. No, I, well, I was, I was going to say, I did, I've, I'm going to link three three points into that. So first things first, um, Matt, if, if I look after the Brighton game, I would have loved to have been in that Palace team meeting on the Monday or just to honestly hear as a fly on the wall what the players really thought because they would have seen the reaction from the fans um, and they would have known, depending on whether that was our Roy wanted them to play, that no one should have one shot at home and that'd be a penalty, you know, where we set a new record for whatever that is. That's just not up to standard. And I think I did say last week there'll be a reaction against Fulham and I think it'll be a positive reaction and, and we did. So I'm glad that that's come through. I think um, I forgot what the other two points were because I'm that scary. Um, <laughs> but one of one of them's just come back to me, which was Luke in in relation to the fact of it still feeling like pre-season. I think the pennies really dropped for me that I don't think we're going to get to see any football in game in grounds for quite a while. So I think I'm really pleased that the players are adjusting. It's not great, as you say, it doesn't feel amazing that it's like it, but I think they have adjusted. And because I've carried on talking long enough, I've now remembered my third point, which is brilliant, which I do think Wilf was the difference because actually, as you said, Matt, when Wilf is on his game and he's running at you, there can be no worse feeling for a defender. I mean, if you look at that first Palace goal against Fulham, and I'm not going to say whichever day it was because I know it was Saturday, all right, even though you guys can't remember, all right, and I'm meant to be the old one, remember. Um, what's important to me is, as you say, Wilf runs, chinks, 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 gets a shot off, comes parried out, gets hold of it again, goes back at them. That's what a defender you don't want. Because when, you know, normally uh, they'd have a go, have a shot, and then they'd sort of step off it for a minute. He just got the ball straight back, went straight back at him. And that is when Wilf's doing that, he's, he's unplayable. And, you know, so many good football pundits have said it, you know, when he's on his game, when he's feeling it, no one lives with him. What we just need him to keep doing and what he needs to do for, him, for himself, really, if he wants to get away from Palace, is keep doing that and keep showing that maturity. And I've said it and I've said it on three or four times on our pods. When he smiles, he's a different player. Because when he looks as though he's carefree and just going for it, when he throws his toys out, when he lets them get to the better of him, that's when he doesn't hurt anyone when they get under the skin of him. Yeah. Well done, on, I, I guess that, 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 That's an interesting point, isn't it? Because the fact that when you talk about we don't have fans in the stadium. So I guess Wilf's not going to be, be getting wound up as much. I mean, obviously some of the players will try to do so. But he did against Brian, that, mate. He did yeah, against you don't Brian. Have, you, you don't have that influence, do you, from the, from the fans where Wilf's normally uh, gets, gets a lot of abuse, especially when he goes away. And we certainly see it at centre. I haven't we seen it in the past. Away fans, when he goes down, he gets held those of abuse. It's, it's whether he can do that now without that that ignition, that that impetus to, to sort of push him on. Maybe this is this this is. Well, I say I was going to say breakthrough year. The bloke's like twenty eight, isn't he? <laughs> but you know what I mean. In the sense that this yeah. this, this could get him the, the big move to the, to the European team that he wants. But um, let's hope that 
maybe every third game, yeah, he has off game and um, buy Munich, well, say now, well, it's all right, he can stay at Palace. Well, let, let's be honest, right? He's got five goals in six games. When does the transfer window open? You know, if he's got 10 goals in the next six weeks, if he's suddenly got 10 goals before Christmas and he's playing well, I can't believe that big clubs won't be looking at him thinking, depending on where their situation is, as to what do we need to do? Is he the game changer? And as Matt had alluded to five minutes ago, he can be the game changer whenever he wants to be, but we need him to want to be doing that week in, week out, not just when he fancies it. We need it every week. And you need it on a cold Tuesday, wherever we might be playing. Not that we'll be playing at Scunthorpe away, but you know what I mean. You know what, you know oh, what Kev? We, we, need it, we need it on a cold Friday night in, uh, in Molyneux on, um, this, this week, don't we? Don't mean to pull us back to it, but just, just to touch on a point you made, Luke, about sort of the difference in the stadiums and the fans. I actually think Wilf, uh, to some extent, uh, gets, gets off on the, the the crowd sort of hysteria to some extent as well. So yes, you know, there's an element of you know, they, they target him because he is that good and, you know, the diver thing and all that sort of stuff. But I actually think he, he probably, you know, probably likes it to some extent. He probably yeah. gives him a bit of a laugh, you know. I mean, I mean, I'm sure to start with having sort of grown grown individuals, largely largely men shout and hurl abuse at you. He's probably a little bit daunted to start with, I thought. But probably after a while, he's kind of immune to it. It's, it's probably, he's probably quite funny. So, um, yeah, fair, fair play to that. I, I think but... Kev finds it funny, mate. No, no, I'll I, I tell you what, gentlemen, sorry. You know I like to take you off on a tangent. If, if, either, if, if either of you boys <laughs> have got an Alexa, right, right, if you've got an Alexa, when you're done from this pod, ask Alexa, okay, to tell you a joke about Crystal Palace. And what Alexa will tell you is it's so funny that Crystal Palace things, fans sing it, he's just too good for you about Wolf Sahar, and he's just too good for them. <laughs> <laughs> so you listen to it you put it on an Alexa afterwards and you talked about Wilf and they're saying so even that's the joke they even do on Alexa that uh, about Wilf Sahar so go and go and have a little check it out and all you pod listeners go and listen to that from Uncle Kev it's a little joke that still makes my little daughter laugh who plays for Chelsea cheeky little minx I remember that joke bruv do you remember um West Ham away that must have been the year hold on hold on up? boys you carry on talking. Oh. Alexa, tell me a joke about Crystal Palace. I don't have a joke about that. Oh, oh shut up. Kev, Kev no, you sat it out so well. Right, I'm oh, going to get Kev, it right afterwards. Up to that point, that's going to be cut from the pod. That is now staying that's in. Staying in. <laughs> but, that, but that joke, I was saying, Matthew, do you remember we went to a, a away game? Um, I think it was in the season we reached the League Cup semi-final. We went to West Ham away. We got seats right down the front um, and like, the sun was right in our eyes and we were singing he's just too good to you and the West Ham fans were singing back to us he's just too good for you so <laughs> I think that's where that, that joke, probably, joke probably came from yeah, but that takes that's gone that, flat. that must have been 2012 yeah back, back in the back in the day but it was like the bowling April. ground wasn't it yeah yeah. I think the other the other thing also I'm, I'm just determined to get my point across here by the way bringing it back to the sort of the stadium point is that <laughs> um, I think there's two things that are different for me obviously one is you know the, the absence of getting to go to a ground you know the, the thing about you know Luke I come to your flat you know we go from your flat I'm normally running late as always um, and, uh, and we, you know we're rushing to the game and you know we get there and you know might have a beer and it's, it's, the whole thing about going to a game is what I miss the second yeah. thing I think you also miss is the, is the build up to and the whole experience around the game when you're watching the telly so at the minute when the players turn up obviously the cameras aren't waiting for them you don't have all that stuff the, the interviews feel very sanitised kind of you know someone standing you know, quite a way away and, and it, it just feels very sort of 
Yeah, it just feels very removed. Yeah, um, it's just point, one Matt. thing I don't know if you guys have seen. Um, uh, ben Foster, the goalkeeper, plays for Watford at the minute. He's got a, um, a YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, I think it's called The Cycling Goalkeeper. And it's really good because he, he takes his GoPro into the goal and, and he has it like in the in the back of the back of the net, and, and he cuts it. Obviously, he's so watched the whole game, but he shows like saves and corners and things coming in. It's, it's really worth watching. and watched it, and he said one of the reasons he's doing it is because he realizes that fans can't come to the game and they're missing some of the sort of the proximity to the action. Um, so you yes. know, more, the more and more players can do that sort of stuff and really open it up and, and make yeah. it less of a sort of a, a wall between the fans and and the players. Which I think this is this is that this is this situation is bringing that down. Definitely, yeah. Um, so, which is, like you know, one one positive in the situation. I, th- I think there's there's a bit to be said about, like you said, about the routine. It's almost like the romance of going to the game, isn't it? If you, like you say, you arrive here late. We walk, we spend twenty minutes or so walking to the ground. It's you know sometimes it's it's pissing down with rain, and you know it's it, it's it's quite nice to have that that routine, as it were. It's whole experience of it, isn't it? And and yeah, you're right, Matthew. It's quite nice. I think some of the stuff that Ben Foster does is a bit cringeworthy. So having said that, but it is nice that you're getting to see a, a, di- a different perspective. And especially, it's nice for people to see some championship games. We don't at least we forget that Watford got relegated last season. So oh, you are a bitch, aren't you? He is so bitchy. Championship. <laughs> So Friday night game, as we alluded to, another fourteen ninety nine special, um, absolute rip off that is. Um, mm. Kev, are we going for it this week, mate? I doubt it. I won't get a pass on a Friday night. Oh, no chance. Yeah. Bob open, no hope, mate. Bob hope's not in. So fingers crossed, Palace can continue the momentum from uh, the weekend's game. I'm not going to say yesterday again. The weekend's game is <laughs> for them. <laughs> um, I don't think we've got any injuries from the, from the game, so you know it's again another strong um, strong squad for for Roy to pick from. Um, I guess the question I was going to ask you both is: Do you think Wolves are the same um, uh, opposition uh, and sort of formidable opponents that they were last year? I think they certainly got quality. It's whether they're, they're sort of exercising that as a team unit. I don't think they're doing that as much as as much as they were. Um, I think last season, especially when there were fans in the ground, you know, they were very often scoring late minute, last minute goals, weren't they, last season? Whereas, you know, mm. on the unfortunate end of it um, yesterday. So still, uh, obviously, a team to be very wary of. They've got a lot of quality, especially on the break, a lot of powerful, explosive players, a lot, a lot of real quality through the middle as well. I mean, I, I'd be very happy with a point going to Monu and getting one there, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'd take a point all day long, quite frankly. I mean, any any team that's prepared to sell Jota to Liverpool, you know, they they must be very confident in what they've got. And uh, I, I like watching Wolves. I think, you know, it, let's be honest, it's a great free kick by the kid yesterday um, from Newcastle to bend that round the wall. And you can see that that goalkeeper don't get beaten very often. Uh, and I think he was surprised. I, I think I think the best reaction was the, uh, the, the one of the Newcastle players. I can't think of his name. Um, uh, I, I'm going to say like the Uruguayan guy when he when the ball goes in, he's like like the shock on his face that his mate scored is brilliant, which is quite a good reaction. So yeah, I, I, I think we'll take a point. It'll be a it'll be a tough game up there. You know, Raul I think is such a good striker, and you know. Yeah, I don't think we've had a great time up there recently. I'd like to, I'd like us to have another four-one like we did all those years ago with Pitcher and uh, and Dowie and that and Chris Armstrong when he smashed one in the roof of the net. We'll take one of those. I think that was ninety-five, was it? So we're twenty-five years on. We're twenty-five years on, or no, or ninety-six. I think ninety-five. No, ninety-five, wasn't it? 
it was just before the Man United semi-final with uh, Southgate getting stamped by Keno. See, Southgate, we're giving you another mention, Gareth. Feel free to dial in at any point or just come and see us, all right? Because we're good well, lads. We have, had some, we have had some memories of it, haven't we? Because I, I think, I think back to Molyneux, I think of the Jamie Scowcroft wonder goal. Um, Dougie Freeman scored a blinding uh, volley, didn't he? Yeah, I think I, I remember Sean Scannell getting a goal up there as well. Yeah. Obviously, I went once. I went once, and Clinton Morrison scored a brilliant goal there. I, yeah, yeah, I can't remember when that was. That was a long time ago. It was I the, think white, the, most, the white third kit. I think mm. the most important one for us up there was the playoffs. Okay. Uh, obviously, with uh, with Hopkins getting the goal when we'd beaten three one on this uh, down at our place with when Jamie Smith had scored for them and Doogie had scored two and someone was giving it large in front of someone when we scored to go 3-1 up. <laughs> and then we went up there when dear old Jeff, dear Jeff Thomas was playing for them and we drew 1-1 up there and that got us to, uh, uh, what was it, 26 of May, 97 and uh, 1-0 Hopkins last minute and uh, Howard Kendall, God rest his soul, in that nice green shirt, looking a bit gutted. And yeah. so there you go, good, lim- good memories. Gareth Davies, Kev, was getting in Jamie Gareth Smith's Davies. place, was it? Because Jamie was, Smith scored yeah. up then, and, and, and they were playing in the same team um, about six months later. Yeah. And the good news is that Gareth uh, Davies' uh, granddad was obviously doing the commentary, Barry Davies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I just made that. It's a what, Monday mate? night. What can I tell oh, you? You've got to, you've got this, to keep this one things ticking. This Tuesday, mate. <laughs> Do you know what's great? I can I can see Matt's face as if to say, "Am I really doing it with these clowns?" <laughs> I think he was just trying to work out if you were actually putting was, his leg on the second, truth. Kev, for a second, I was like, "Was there a relation there?" <laughs> <laughs> for one second, I was like, "Really?" Sorry, sorry, Matt. I'm just playing to the crowd, mate. I'm just playing to the crowd. Bless him. Like Wilfred Zaha, you are Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. Can I can I just I'll... say very quickly? I know you're going to say this, but I think Matt, right at the outset, I know I said I've talked about Alzheimer's already, um, but I think you mentioned Eze right at the start, and you wanted to touch on Eze and him not playing, or did it? Did he not get on late. on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, he got he got ten minutes at the end, didn't he? I mean, he's he's most. I think he had a couple of uh, chances where he had the ball to sort of press forward, but there wasn't really much left of the game. To be fair, the notable impact of the game was unfortunately being stood on by Kamara, who'd only just come on himself and got a, yeah. a straight red, which I don't think, I think anyone we, can argue with that. I think we touched on it last week. We don't know what's going on in training. We don't know how he's performing in training against the other the other chaps who are there to be selected, and and you know you have to trust in Roy and Ray. In terms, of they know what they're doing. You know, they're going to pick the the blokes that are there to do the best job possible. So I, I do strongly believe in that. Um, and often at Palace, it takes you know new players a little while to get going. So you know, I think there's also probably something in that you know acclimatising to his environment and um, yeah, just getting getting used to his surroundings really. So you know, look, it's a nice problem to have. I don't believe yeah. it's another Max Meyer. Um, yeah. People are saying oh, it's Max, another Max Meyer again, whereby you know he's not yeah. going to play because he doesn't fit into the. The team and that sort of stuff. I don't think it's that at all. I just think it's you know just a case of the right the right game and the right right um, selection um, uh, at the right time. Sorry, I was just going to say, and as you said a minute ago, we've got such strength in depth at the moment. It's not an easy side to to break into at the moment, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah I was, I was just going to say conversely the point about I can I can I guess I understand the fans' frustration when it comes to Eze, especially when you you have such a lacking sort of impetus that we had against Brighton. So naturally, fans are going to want to see attacking players getting on the pitch and, and you know, producing 
the excitement of goals, which, which, which so I can understand it. But yeah, I, I'm completely with you, Matthew. I think especially for a player who's making a step up from the championship, he needs time to not only adjust to new surroundings and a new club, but also adjust to a different style and, and level of football. And him coming off the bench, I think, for the next couple of games, getting 20 minutes, half an hour here and there, uh, will we'll, we'll hold him in good stead to then start the next game in three or four games time. Yep. Good call. Good call. Good stuff. Right, onwards and upwards uh, to Friday night away at Wolves. Don't forget, you can stay in touch with and get in touch with the Six Pointer podcast on the social media platforms that are Twitter and Instagram at Six Pointer Podcast. Uh, until then, uh, we will speak to you again um, next weekend after Palace's Friday night game. Uh, stay safe, look after yourselves. Luke and Kevin, thanks very much, chaps. Pleasure, Matt. Thank pleasure, you very man. much. And as always, up the Palace. Up the Palace. Up the Palace. It's ironic that Crystal Palace fans think he's just too good for you about Wilfred Zahar, considering he's actually too good for Palace. The Six Pointer Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,